1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
0: That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. Hello
0: and welcome to the Strides Forward podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to introduce you to another podcast that I think you'll really love. I am a big fan. The podcast is Hear Her Sports, hosted by Elizabeth Emery. Hear Her Sports features long form intimate profiles of female athletes and other women in the sports space who are breaking boundaries, speaking up, and living with power and confidence. Elizabeth introduces us to strong women who have become successful in their sport and far beyond. Over the years, Hear Her Sports has highlighted Olympians, world champions, collegiate stars, rising champions, and women who have made sports their life through coaching, reporting, leading, advocating, building, healing, and organizing. Some of the reasons I love Hear Her Sports so much is, first up, Elizabeth is a great interviewer, and her variety of guests is incredible. She really knows how to bring us into the passion that these women have for whatever they're pursuing, whether it be open water swimming, designing boats for the America's Cup, ice hockey, triathlon, or even being a researcher like Cheryl Cookie. And I really encourage you to go listen to that episode. Through Hear Her Sports, I have become a fan of so many sports and so many women who I didn't know anything about or didn't know much about. These interviews are interesting and insightful, and, well, I just really encourage you to go have a listen. New shows drop every other week on Thursdays. You can learn more at hearhersports.com. And, of course, you can listen on all your favorite apps, and you can follow on social. At Hear Her Sports. They're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, now on to the episode.
2: Whoops, that.
0: Strides Forward. 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 Hello, and welcome to Strides Forward, where we share stories of women marathon and ultramarathon runners. I am Cherie Louise Turner, a 51 year old runner and also the host and creator of Strides Forward. Each episode, we tell the story of one runner and focus on one topic. The topic for this episode is pregnancy, and it's part of our series, Running in a Woman's Body, where we're telling stories about menopause, red S, and yes, pregnancy. I myself have never been through the pregnancy journey, but I certainly know a lot of women who have. And as magical as this experience is, it's also challenging, mentally, emotionally, and of course, physically. And it is full of a lot of question marks. Because no matter how many times it happens, every single experience is different, and the details of how any given pregnancy will play out are unpredictable no matter how well-prepared you try to be, as this runner came to discover through her experience.
2: All right, um, my name is Sally Kipiego. I am a lot of things, but I guess in this context, I am a runner, a mother runner.
0: Yes, Sally Kipiego is a lot of things, but what she's best known for is the fact that she's one of the fastest long-distance runners In the world. And in this story, we're going to get into her journey about becoming, as she said, a mother runner. Being that Sally is a professional athlete, this is also a story of getting back to work. It's a tricky dance for women athletes to have a baby mid career because it means not being able to perform your job for some unknown period of time. For Sally, that meant stepping away from international competition. Now, not only have I not been through the pregnancy journey, I've also never been one of the best athletes in the world. But I certainly am a huge fan of Sally Kipiego. And if you aren't already a fan, I'm excited to help you become one. To start, you'll want to know a few of the many highlights from her career, which include placing second in the 10,000 meter at the World Championships in 2011 and fifth in 2015, and winning a silver medal at that distance at the 2012 London Olympics. During that time, she was competing for her home country of Kenya. But in 2017, she became a U.S. citizen. She currently calls Eugene, Oregon home and visits Kenya regularly. So yes, Sally is one of the best. And she's been cultivating that speed for a very long time.
2: Oh, so I I grew up in Kenya. And so from just a very young age, there's a rich tradition and culture around long distance running, right? And so it was just an organic kind of progression. I started running cross-country in school, primary school. And then I got really into running in high school. And it turned out that I was was good and I was excelling. And so One thing led to another, and and here we are, 20 years down the road.
0: (laughs) The one thing that led to another included competing in cross-country as a teenager and placing in the top 10 at the Junior World Championships in 2001. Then, during her collegiate career as a student at Texas Tech, she became the first woman to win three back-to-back cross-country titles, and overall, she's a nine-time NCAA champion. So basically, Sally completely crushed it during her collegiate career. She turned pro in 2010, and she's been competitive on the international stage pretty much ever since. During her professional career, She's competed in distances ranging from the 1500 meter to the marathon. Sally's success and longevity have been a very mindful pursuit.
2: I always felt that I had a gift, a natural talent. And so I I felt that with that gift, you're given a responsibility. And for me, really, the beginning of it all was a way to get out, a way to explore the world, a way to see other places, a way to be able to experience other privileges that otherwise I wouldn't have if I had just stayed in my village. So that was really the beginning of everything. So for me, it was more about, it's always been about honoring that gift and trying to really pursue my full potential. That way, when the time comes for me to walk away from running, uh, competitive running, so to speak, I can walk away with that sense of, fulfillment, the sense of uh, I gave everything that I had and I didn't feel like I sacrificed the gift.
0: And she has honored that gift. She has continually explored the depths of her physical ability, pushed her mental strength and given her emotional all to deliver championship performances again and again. And she recommits year after year with the clear understanding of what this pursuit requires.
2: I've always felt that the day I feel that I am emotionally not committed to these, I will walk away. That's always been my commitment. And I've always felt that unless I can give 100 percent that I wouldn't just be there just for the sake of being there. As
0: Sally was coming into the end of 2016, there was one very big consideration that was starting to draw on some of her emotional bandwidth. The desire to be a mom. She always knew that she'd wanted to have kids. She was training for the New York City Marathon, which takes place in November, and made the decision that, yes, this was the time to start a family. And Sally
2: knew full well what the possible outcome of that decision might be. So it wasn't, I really didn't want to retire. I wanted to have a baby and then come back and run after having a baby. But I was at peace with whatever was going to happen because I have friends and I know there's a lot of women that will go into pregnancy, turn around, come back and a few months down the road, they're running and running. Fantastic. That's fantastic. But I also have friends, personal friends that have had children and just struggled to come back and they never actually successfully came back to competitive running after that. So I knew going into pregnancy that there was a possibility, not that I I was planning on retiring, but there was a high possibility that I might not be able to come back. And as it turned out,
0: Sally had already started down the path to motherhood before the race. She was in the early stages of pregnancy when she towed the line at the New York City Marathon, where she finished a brilliant second place behind winner Mary Katani. Not only had Sally stood atop the podium at one of the biggest running events on the planet, she'd also done it in a personal best time of two hours, 28 minutes. She had definitely earned some downtime,
2: but she was about to get a lot more of that than she had intended to. The first expectation that didn't happen was the fact that I thought I was going to run through pregnancy. Well, that did not happen. I I ran five miles all the way to about 16 weeks, but I had this um, cramping so much, I would run for for maybe five miles, but then I I would spend the next two hours laying down and elevating my feet because I was cramping so much. So the stress of that, and I had to stop running at 16 weeks because the stress of just than known and, and this was my first baby. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was normal. So that was the first thing that I didn't anticipate. I thought I was healthy. I thought I, I'd never had issues. So I thought I was gonna be able to run. And I've seen women run, incredible women run with their pregnancies. So that was the first oh I guess this is not gonna happen. And they say every they, they say everybody's that everybody is different and every pregnancy is different. So it turned out that I wasn't going to be one of the women that was going to run through their pregnancies.
0: And when Sally's baby girl, Emma, was born, there was the joy and delight of entering motherhood, as well as a whole new world of unknowns.
2: It was not easy. It was harder than I expected, <laughs> I, I, and I am a classic type A personality. I read on anything and everything, and so when I did my research, trust me, and and and, uh, and I thought I was prepared for a lot of things. And then the baby got there, and I was like, uh, I guess I am not really as prepared as I thought I would.
0: One of the many challenges that took Sally by surprise was how difficult it was to get back to running. Even three and a half, four months postpartum, just going for a 35 or 40-minute run was tough. Add to that that she was spending time in Kenya to be closer to family, and there, she's at altitude.
2: And I was running at 7,000 feet. Oh my God, it was so hard. My, my body just was fighting. It just felt like my body for the first time in my life was going against everything I wanted to do. My heart wanted to run and I wanted to run. But it was like my fo- my body just refused to cooperate whatsoever. I was falling apart. Like uh physically I was obviously I was sore, which is expected, but also I got like small injuries, my calves, my cords, my hammies, all kind of things were just falling apart. <laughs> the
0: challenges did
2: not end there. It's very interesting, but like because I was I was breastfeeding and uh, my immune system was terrible i got the cold i got the flu so frequently and there was even a period when i got malaria and pneumonia and it just felt like my iron levels were constantly low and i was, I was you know i was trying to get some greens some spinach and beetroots and <laughs> all kind of things but I felt like my immune system was was struggling and then down the road Fast forward when I stopped breastfeeding, my immune system changed, which was interesting. I didn't, I don't know if there was any correlation between that. I I don't know what happened, but I think just because I think I was probably asking too much of my body to be honest with you than what it was willing to give me at the time.
0: Of course, Sally is someone whose profession it is to ask a lot of her body. But this was a process that could not be rushed. Her body was going to take the time that it needed.
2: And then now coming back, I felt that I would be able to get back to running and pretty much, you know, have little bumps, but not as extreme. So I thought within the first year, for sure, I would be back to being my normal self. Well, it turned out that I I was way past one year when I felt like my normal self again.
0: It was way past a year, and that was in addition to not running for a large part of her pregnancy. Sally had given her body the time and nurturing it needed, but that also meant she had a long, long road back to being an internationally competitive runner again.
2: I think I lost a lot of, um, obviously a lot of muscle, a lot of strength. So because of that, I was starting from a very low, low end, right? And so... I had to do to go back and do strength work, basically from the basics, because my body was not handling the mileage that is required to get ready for a marathon because I was lacking a lot of the strength that was there before. And so slowly, it was just, a, I, I think it was just one block after another that really got me going again. It was just kind of, Filling the gaps here and there. If my hips or my glutes were, were weak, then we work on that. If my calves were weak, well, then we walk on that. If my back was weaker, then we walk on, you know. And then slowly just kind of building one block on top of the other. And not rushing the mileage. That way I could handle it a little bit better. And so the more I was putting these tiny little blocks along the way, it naturally kind of progressed to be, you know, like it, it finally got there. It finally, it didn't happen overnight. Oh God, it took so long. And, and it makes sense. Of course it was going to take so long, but, <laughs> but, but just because of, of where we started, you know, and I, and I had to be patient. I had to learn to be patient with it.
0: Patience, one block after another, one small milestone and then the next. The progress was there, but it was slow going. Not to be understated here is that running fast is Sally's profession. Patience and listening to her body was a must, but her job is to compete. And that November 2016 podium finish in New York, as awesome as it was, it was receding into the past. And in fact, it was a bit more than two years in the past when she was ready to line up again
2: in uh 2019 January I went to I ran the Houston half marathon and I remember I I had a, a terrible race there. well not necessarily a terrible race I ran 72 minutes I thought I was going to run better than that but I didn't and and so I I, I met with my um I flew into Oregon and I met with 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 a Nike rep and because I was sponsored through my pregnancy, by the way, and so I um I met with them and you know we talked about things and I said well I didn't I didn't perform well so so well this past weekend but I feel like I'm going somewhere and and we talked about it and and basically what the whole thing was as long as you can get healthy and be ready to race and race well at the Olympic trials then you do your thing we trust you you've always come through and uh, y- you know don't as long as you can be ready to go at the Olympic trials. And so that was so huge because this is also my job. As much as I love running, this is also my job. And to know that I was being supported for the next year, you know, until February of 2020, it just gave me a lot of peace of mind to know that I was okay. I could just slowly, gradually develop and not feel like, oh, I got I to gotta get it done now. So that was a, that was a huge uh, support for me in that in that area.
0: Be ready to race well at the U.S. Olympic Trials marathon, the race that decides who goes to the 2020 Games. That was the goal, and of course, what that really meant was being in the kind of shape that would earn Sally a spot on the team going to Tokyo. And that path was very straightforward: finish in the top three at the trials. It's decisive. It's clear one race, one chance. First, second, third, go to Tokyo, and fourth place is an alternate. That's it. Add to that, Sally would be facing the most competitive field of women to ever assemble at the U.S. Olympic marathon trials. Even from a year out, it was evident that this was going to be a tough race. And not to be forgotten, it still wasn't totally clear if Sally would fully come back from her pregnancy. There was no way of knowing if she'd return to being the runner that she'd been before. However, she was building back bit by bit. And as she was regaining her strength and fitness, she
2: started to notice some of the lasting impacts that pregnancy was having on her running. You discover more about yourself. And, you know, the harder things are the things that expose us, right? And then they make us stronger. And, uh, and you come back stronger. You're more, a little bit more resilient. And it's because of the things, the changes that you've had to go through, because those changes tend to stretch you. And I found that all these changes were stretching me. And so when I came back to, to running, I, I was a little bit more resilient. In it, you know, I was more, a lot more tougher, I think, in, in some ways.
0: Sally was tougher and she was more resilient, and as she reflected back on her journey to motherhood, she was, to put it
2: simply, completely in awe. Oh absolutely. This sounds really cheesy, but the truth of the mother is I, I, I thank my body. And I've always thanked my legs. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but I'm always I'm always thanking my legs. But anyway, but this time round it's different because I, I always thanked my body because I felt like for what it's done, for what it has been able to do, it, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you have such, for me, I have such respect for the human body in general anyways, because because I'm an elite runner. When you really look at what the body goes through, but then when I became a mom, I, I understood. And then I, and I didn't have a smooth, I don't think I had a smooth transition into math, you know, not, no, nothing dramatic. But like, it wasn't as smooth as I expected it to be. And that, even even now, you know, with that, you become even more appreciative of what the body can do, and you respect the body so much more because you 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 know. I see my little doll running around. I'm like, oh my god, that is wonderful. You know, like what a gift. And and to realize that your body was able to go through that process and eventually come out of it and then come out of it even stronger to still be yourself and even maybe even a better version of yourself at the end of it. That's incredible. Sally was
0: taking this gratitude and resilience into her training, as well as her adjustment to motherhood. And in turn, motherhood was readjusting her focus. I
2: think, well, they say children give you perspective. And so I find myself so much more committed. Not necessarily to the specifics of running, but my effort, my commitment, my, you know, like, I feel like I'm doing it for the for the greater good. I'm doing it for, I have a child now and, and I have a, you know, I, a little girl. And so obviously I would really like to pursue those dreams that way my children can see that and they can just to kind of try to model something that is good. You know, for the kids. So, and and then and then, like I say, children have a way of um, setting things into perspective for you, of showing those things that are really important.
0: Being a mother was giving Sally a new sense of priorities, which carried over into how she was approaching her training.
2: Let me let me give you an example. Right now, I I am in Eugene, Oregon. About seven weeks ago, more than seven weeks ago, I packed my bags. I bid goodbye to my family, including my three-year-old daughter, <laughs> and came to Oregon by myself. <laughs> and that's the longest I've been away from my family, Well, especially my, my three-year-old. So every time I get out to train, I am so, I I attack that rocker, and I can, and I'm so, I, you know, I don't mind. I just go to the well if I need to, because I feel like, it needs to be worth it this needs to be worth it because for all that to be able to you know it's it's a sacrifice to to be able it's a choice to do that but it's also a sacrifice and if if i'm going to be away from my family and miss my my little one for for two months it better be worth it <laughs> so, so 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 i really i'm really on top of my stuff because because i understand that I you know that I'm giving up some things so it helps you with focus this is the time that you get to do these so do it and do it well sally
0: was training well and she was focused but the racing well it wasn't going great to recall her first race back after not lining up for over 2 years was that Houston half marathon in January 2019 and she'd performed below her expectations. So Sally regrouped and prepared for the Boston Marathon in April. But there, she pulled out at mile 18 with calf problems. With less than a year before the 2020 Olympic trials, Sally's comeback from pregnancy was still unclear. But she had one more major race on her pre-trials calendar. So she got back to training.
2: I came back to Oregon and started building on those blocks and went to Berlin uh, September of 2019 and ran to 25, which was a PR. And so I was moving in the right direction. Training was going good. Everything was nothing, you know, nothing. There was no fire whatsoever, but there was consistency, which is something that I had been lacking for the previous year. So that was the one thing that was going really well for me was consistent. I was consistently training and staying healthy for almost a year now, so that was fantastic. And so going into the Olympic trials, I was fit.
0: The time had arrived and Sally was fit. In addition, when she lined up on February 29th in Atlanta, Georgia, to vie for one of those three coveted
2: Olympic team spots, she was bringing a little something extra. I went through labor for more than 17 hours. (laughs) <laughs> and it was brutal, <laughs> it was brutal, <laughs> I wanted to be her, I didn't get the epidural, but <laughs> so, and, I, and and you go through it, right, so during races, you can just, I can put my head down and be like, I've done this. I've done hard things, I can definitely do three more steps, I can do three more reps, I can do another half a mile, I know I can do it, I've done things, harder things before in you know and I always say what is harder than a child but I guess other things but you know that is that's quite up there in terms of just that you know that kind of toughness. And so that is one of those memories that always if I think about it then you know I can get a little bit extra. Just a little bit extra
0: Sally's journey to the start line had been long But she'd gained a lot along the way. She was a mom, for starters, with a healthy, beautiful little girl. And in her racing, she had that little bit more to give. And she would need every single ounce of that because Atlanta was about to throw down. The course was hilly, the weather was cold with gusting winds, and very much as expected, the competition was intense.
2: The field was extremely deep. It was just, you know, 10 plus women that on any given minute they could win. That race. So that kind of depth made it very interesting.
0: It was interesting because there were no runaway favorites for those top three spots. And for a long while during the race, that played out as a game of wait and see it appeared that no one was particularly eager to be the first to chance it in that wind and over those hills.
2: I was surprised uh, by how we, how long we ran together, but then how quickly everything changed. <laughs> Within about two miles, there was, it, it was 19 miles, there was a break and And just like that, that was the end of, okay, it wasn't the end of it, There was six miles to one. But still, like, that felt like it was the end of it. The break happened, and I wasn't anticipating to be so sharp. It felt very sudden and very sharp. It was very aggressive.
0: Sally made the split decision to not follow the two runners who'd broken away, Alphine Tillemukh and Molly Seidel. But now Sally found herself alone, dangling in third. And while both Alfine and Molly were seasoned professionals, they hadn't been considered the biggest contenders in the race. Many of those runners were
2: still very close behind. I thought the next group was going to catch me because there were, what, five, six people behind me. There was six miles to go. I was running by myself in the middle of, you know, no man's land. And um, the plan was when they caught up to me, I would run with them and then try to close well at the end of it. But they didn't for a mile and then maybe two miles. I like, OK, they're not coming. So let me just hold on and see what happens. Sally
0: was left to face the hills and wind of those final miles by herself. There was no one to pace with, no one to help buffer the cold, cutting gusts of wind. Two of the three coveted Olympic team spots were already up the road, there was only this one spot left.
2: And just the thing that, and I knew um, the women behind me were people that had really good record of close and well. So there's also the fear of you might get caught up. It's so close. You can make this
0: Olympic team. It was so close, but it wasn't over yet. Sally had to maintain her position if she was going to do what she came here to do earned that spot on the Olympic team. And as she toiled all alone, she drew strength from the very collective effort
2: that had gotten her there. Coming to the trials, I, I, I felt that a lot of people had really played a role in getting me healthy mm-hmm. and ready to go. And I felt like a lot of people sacrificed. When I was getting ready for for the trials, I would do my long runs, my 25 miles long runs uh, in Kenya at 4 a.m. in the morning because it got warmer quickly. So I would get up at 4 in the morning and I would get running. I'll start my long run at exactly 5. On Saturdays, almost every Saturday I would, I would do my long runs. And I would go with my husband. But there's this lady that helps me a lot at my house and, And she would come in, she would come in. And by the time I got back, there was breakfast ready. And I just felt like, what is the greatest thing I can do for these people that have really gone beyond, beyond, you know, beyond their jobs, beyond, you know, that's family, that's love, that's so much commitment on their part to do that kind of work and to be able to help you that much. So I felt like the best thing I can do for them is really dig deep and just give them a little bit because if I win, they win, you know. So yeah, and I, when I say that, I get emotional because it's that important. You know, I just feel like gratitude was overriding everything else in Atlanta, to be honest with you. And stride by stride, by ever
0: more agonizing stride, Sally Kipiego got closer to the finish line, holding off those tough competitors who weren't far behind.
2: Those last three miles, ah, oh, it was the worst. It was oh my god I, I don't think I've gone so deep in a race period like I haven't let's just not even say I don't think no I know I've never gone that deep into the well the way I did those three three months and I just kept telling myself I, I went from like the next month just do the next month and then I thought no no that mile is too long let's just do the next 800 meters and then I was like no that's too long let's just and then it got to a point where I was like okay just one step just do one step and then I would start looking at ahead of the road and I'll be like get to that person or get to that corner get to that thing. you know like that's it was that hard because I felt like if I if I allowed my mind to shut down I was gonna just pass out that is how brutal it was and I and I fought so hard. And that's why, like, that is probably one of my best races ever and the most proud races I have ever competed in. And I and I have an Olympic medal to my name. And, 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 and that that's just how, like, that's how proud I am of that race because I went to the well and maybe even beyond the well, seriously, because it just felt like every muscle and everything, everything. It, it, I had to recruit almost anything, you know, everything and more. Um, to be able to finish that race. I was dizzy at the end of that race. I couldn't see straight. I think if you look at the last 50 meters of that race, I was zigzagging. That's how bad it was. Sally Kipiego
0: did it. She weaved and pushed and leaned on every bit of strength she had to hold off the competition for that third-place finish behind winner Alfine Tillimuk and second-place finisher Molly Seidel. She had earned her place on the U.S. Olympic Marathon team, which is headed to Tokyo in August of this year. So we hope. And just wow, what an incredible journey. And I see so many great takeaways, even for those of us who aren't exactly aiming for Olympic glory. Through conversations with friends and from what I see in the media, there are so many expectations and pressures put on pregnant and postpartum women when it comes to, say, continuing to run or getting back into shape. But like Sally said, every body is different and every pregnancy is different. So no matter what anyone else says or what their experience was, no matter how you think the journey will or should go... What's most important is to honor your own body and its unique path. For Sally, to get back to running at her potential took over two years. But she gave her body what it needed, and she came back even stronger. And really, even for someone like me who isn't going to have children, being reminded of the importance of listening to my body reminds me to keep that as my guiding principle. That regardless of what I want to be doing or how I want to be performing, if my body is telling me otherwise, I really need to listen. It's something we can all learn from. Thank you to Sally for being a really strong example of exactly what the process of listening to your body can look like, even when you have the pressure of being a professional athlete. And thank you to Sally for sharing all of these experiences. It's a true honor to be able to tell the story of such an incredible champion. And also, huge congratulations on becoming a mom and also earning your spot in the Olympic team. I am so excited to cheer Sally on in Tokyo and beyond. Please check out the show notes for links to Sally on social media and tune in to watch her at the Olympics. This episode is part of our series of stories focused on running in a woman's body, where we're focused on the topics of menopause, red S, and pregnancy. Each episode in this series features one runner talking about her experiences around one of these topics. As always, I'm very thankful to you for listening. We love making these stories, but they are meant to be heard. So your being here is a critical part of the equation. And if you want to support the show in other ways, we have made to order merch with several different designs to choose from. You can order mugs, t shirts, tanks, stickers, all sorts of fun stuff. Just go to stridesforwardpodcast.com and find the merch link on our homepage. A portion of what we make goes to charity, and the rest goes back into the show. The Strides Forward team includes me, Cherie Turner, your host and producer. Cormac O'Regan creates all of the music you hear and scores the show. He does that from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all the design work for the show, including the website, merch, and logo. She comes to you from Truckee, California, and you can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. Strides Forward will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. And now I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to leave you with a few closing thoughts that Sally shared at the end of her interview about what running brings to her day-to-day life. All right, I'm out. And here's Sally.
2: Oh, it's therapy. <laughs> I, I solve almost anything during my runs. <laughs> if, I, if I ever needed to solve anything, I just get on and, and do my run. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a daily uh, therapy session. No, it's a, it's a calming therapy session. But um, I, th- I think running really is a sport that goes beyond just the fact that you enjoy running. And it's good for you and it's for health, benefits and all that good stuff. But I also think that running translates to real life. The things that you learn, the qualities that you learn, the patience, the consistency, the work ethics, the discipline, all those things applies to real life.